The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. My Old Testament professor, Dr. Don Morgan, used to teach that there is no law written in Scripture that is not there for a reason. And that's probably just as true today as it was 3,000 years ago. We don't write laws unless there's something to take care of in the life of human relationships and society, right? I mean, to drive the point home a little bit, what if Jesus had taught this way? I say to you that, listen, hate your enemies, do bad things to those who hate you, curse those who curse you, and do not pray for those who abuse you. Seriously, would you be here this morning? Do we need to be taught this? I don't think so. All you have to do is look at the headlines of the week, right? I mean, one way of thinking about the crisis in Eastern Europe right now is about settling old scores. Some of them imagined, some of them petty, some of them probably justified. 
The uncanny thing is when we talk about Russia and Ukraine and many of the countries in Eastern Europe and many of the countries in Western Europe, for that matter, and the United States, we are talking about countries where Christianity is the predominant religion. Someone has not been listening, right? Or a lot of someone's, perhaps. But the truth is, this struggle is much closer to home, is it not? It certainly is for me. Jesus' teachings today are very much from the heart of all that he taught. The only reason they are remembered is because the world tells us the exact opposite. And most of the time, if we're being honest with ourselves, we practice the exact opposite of what Jesus taught us. Most of us spend a lot of energy, emotional and otherwise, on considering people we regard as our enemies or people who have styled themselves as our enemies, or nurturing petty grievances or real grievances, or considering our victimhood and laying claim to it as our primary identity. This is the law of the jungle, right? It's all about survival. And when our survival is threatened, we have to be ready. There was an evolutionary biologist who published a paper, I think just this past week, who said our fists are designed for hitting people. They've evolved that way. Jesus teaches what he teaches because he knows this about us. This is the life, as Paul would put it, of the first Adam. Part of living in this world. And the real struggle in our society today and for each of us is whether we will continue to live by the law of the jungle or not. It's not an idle question, really, is it? Not at all. Our reading is open today with that beautiful reading from Genesis about Joseph. I always feel like I should pick a bone with the architects of the lectionary because to take the Joseph cycle of stories and boil it down to a single reading on a Sunday morning doesn't even come close to doing justice to it. I commend it to you. It's well worth a read. It's like watching a good soap opera, really. It's just a wonderful read about everything that we're talking about today. Joseph, if you remember the story, is almost killed by his brothers. Joseph was not his own best friend. You know, when he had dreams about his older brothers bowing down to him, and then he had the temerity to share it with them. He was courting trouble, obviously, right? But thanks to the intervention of one of his brothers, Reuben, they decide not to kill Joseph, but instead they throw him into a pit. They take his coat. Remember Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat, right? The Andrew Lloyd Webber thing. Dips it in blood, takes it to their father, 
Jacob and says, your son Joseph is dead, and then Joseph is sold into slavery and taken to Egypt. Whereby a series of miraculous stories and dream interpretations, he climbs up the social ladder until he becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man. And then a long-anticipated famine comes along, and guess who comes to town wanting to buy some extra food? All his brothers. And Joseph is confronted with a choice. Now, if truth be told, Joseph is not merciful at the beginning. He kind of toys with his brothers for a while. At one point, he takes all of their payment and puts it back on their pack animals and sends it home with them. And much to their horror, they open up their bags and discover that that's happened, and then they worry he's going to accuse them of stealing from him. And so... Their fear in today's story is not just about their sense of guilt or shame. It's like they know that Joseph not only has the motive, but the means to get rid of all of them. At one point, even Joseph is listening into their conversations as they're speaking in their native language. They don't realize who he is. He can hear every word that they're saying, and he understands them. But he finally chooses something that runs counter probably to everything that he has been taught about the way the world should work. Instead of bringing vengeance down upon them with full justice, he offers mercy and embraces them. Read the story. Read it for yourself and enjoy it. And then think about it in light of Jesus' teachings today. Jesus' society, although much, much younger in historical terms than Joseph's, was not a lot different. Blood feuds were common, especially feuds between families. And they lived in a world that was every bit as transactional as ours. You expect something, you put something in. Interestingly enough, Jesus doesn't quite dismiss that notion, does he? But what he argues is you need to put in something different than the expectation to get rich than the expectation to get back what you've lent, than the expectation that people will love you exactly the way you love them. Instead, Jesus, in the language of Luke, points to a life of abundance that we can only just glimpse at in these mortal, fleshy bodies which are hardwired for survival and indeed for battle. And all of the anxiety, and all of the plotting and scheming, and all of the resentments that we carry. Jesus is offering an alternative to all of this, 
calling us to embrace love. And this is where we really get into dangerous territory because we get lost so easily. We think about love as an emotion or a feeling or a Hollywood film or a Disney song. And to be really plain spoken like the good Kansan I am, this has nothing to do with the love that Jesus is talking about. Love, Jesus tells us, is a discipline. It takes practice and vigilance and attention and planning and confrontation, most of all, with ourselves and all of those petty grievances that take root in our hearts and lives. Confronting our transactional natures. Telling us to learn how to love and expect nothing, nothing in return. To confront the golden rule of the world. You know what it is, right? Those who have the gold make the rules. Jesus says, no. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And then he goes further and says, but don't expect it. (laughs) No, don't expect it. Is it hard enough for you already? It's hard enough for me, for sure. This is why we need to hear it over and over again and keep coming back to this well that we call community in Christ. Because we need to be reminded week by week, day by day, even moment by moment sometimes, that our rule now is not the law of the jungle. But the law of love. And it is a practice that we have to attend to with every waking moment and breath to our last breath. But Jesus says, if you embrace this path, you will receive the unexpected reward of what he called the kingdom of God. A new kind of community and a new kind of relationships Relationships that are not built on bloodlines or just the people we like, but the gathering of a new way of being human and perhaps even new life itself that can defeat death. Luke kind of tickles us under the chin a little bit. You know, he says it's a a gift that'll be dropped on your lap. And he indicates it's not going to be in a nice, neat package tied up with a bow. He says it's going to be pressed down, really crammed in there, so much so that it's overflowing, which means this is a messy thing, this business of being Christian community. It means we open ourselves up to be vulnerable, 
It means we reach out to others outside of our neat little box that we call a parish, and we take risks, and we risk failure, and we will fail. But that's not the point, is it? The point is that we reach out in love. Because love is really the only alternative to the law of the jungle, at least last I checked. Love is the way forward. It demands everything that we are, everything that we have, and everything that we will be. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Uh.